the thing I love about when you, when you hear someone like Xander speak is, is that when you see Jesus woven through someone's life that, like that, it doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter, oh gosh, they haven't had the experiences that I've had. It's just, it's, he's just professing that Jesus is at work in his life and he's, and he's being real and raw with that. And, and, and there's something about that that inspires the rest of us. And it doesn't matter how old you are, you can be inspired by someone like Xander in, in his life because, because Jesus is at work. And so, so that's why we got to be telling our stories. We got to tell people what's going on inside because it's go, it, it ultimately is the story of Jesus and Jesus is at work and it can inspire people. So I so appreciate the, the courage that Xander had in sharing the story with us. It's why we want to continue to sh- share Ascent Stories. Hey, we are going to continue on um, in the series that we've been doing on Trailhead. This is a series, this is actually, we're, we're coming near the end of this series. We've had, we've had small groups that have been meeting, that's been talking about it as well. If this is your very first time that you've been here, look, the whole idea with Trailhead is this. We, we thought about the fact that we, you start at the beginning of a trail and you begin a journey and you begin an adventure that you have with the Lord. And this is an adventure that you discover some things. And it, we wrapped it around the themes that we've had around this church to know and to be known and to make him known. That we, that, that we, we started that journey, you're walking on that trail and you're getting to know that you can know God. As profound of a truth as that is, we can know the maker of the universe through Jesus, through his Holy Spirit. We can actually get to know God and we can actually get to love God. And that God knows us. And whether you believe in Jesus or not, he knows you right now. That's profound that you'd be sitting there going, wow, God knows me. So, so, so we, we're starting on that trail and we're walking along there going, this is the discovery of God knowing us and us knowing God. That's, a, that's an adventure. That's a journey that doesn't just start and, and end. That's a journey that goes on. That's, that's throughout our lifetime. That is what we get to have. We get to have that adventure. Then we talk about getting to know others. And that on that same trail, you're going to have other people that are going to, they're going to, you're going to walk past, you're going to be, you're going to walk with that you're gonna, they're going to be walking behind you, they be walking ahead of you. There's people on the trail with you that God's going, I never intended you to walk that trail alone. I want you to have other people. I want you to share life on life with other people. And so we talked about that. We talked about how, how, how fun that is to just go, I, I'm, I'm going to actually let myself be known by others and I'm going to know others. Because God wants us to share in this life together. So we talked about who your, your and and who your and is in your life that you're walking going, this is, this is Bill and, and other people that are walking with me. Last week, Maurice and Jim, man, they gave what I believe is one of the best, one of the best moments we've had as a church when those two guys stood up here and talked about race and, 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 and race and, and racial reconciliation and racism. And, and, and Maurice was so honest and candid with us about things. And Jim was, was, was humble in his response and, and, and what he was sharing. If you did not get to listen to that this last week or you weren't here this last week, go online and listen to those guys talk about it because that's part of sharing life on life. That's part of us walking together on this trail and going, we have a group of people. We, we're all together in this, and we want to learn from each other as we continue to walk together. So it's been really fun so far. Now, we've talked about to know God and, to, to, and for Him to know us and to know each other and to be known by each other. The next one is to make Him known. 
This is the part where we take all of those things that we're learning on this trail and, uh, and those, rea- those, those relationships that we have, and we say, now, how do we bring that and share that and, and, and say, now, I, wanna, I don't want to be selfish with what's happening in my life. I want other people to know them too. I want other people to have this experience as well. And so that's where we're going. Now, how do we make him known? And we recognize that that's not an easy thing. For many of us, we'd rather just do one and two. And that we know we could live our life just doing one and two. We could live our life getting to know God, getting to know some other people, and that's it. And then we can look at the church and say, well, the church, they can make it known. They can make Jesus known. The church can. I'm glad I'm going to a church where they can make him known. But you guys, the church is not a brick with just a bunch of walls or curtains. The church is not an institution. The church is a movement. The church is a movement of people. They're saying we are the church. And when we as a church recognize what God is doing in our lives, and we're recognizing how we're sharing that with others, we're going, how then do we share it again, share it outside of that? How do we go, how do we let people know about this great news? Now, that's one of those things that's easy up here to talk about. But when you sit there and unpack in your own life and you go, how in the world do I make what th- this truth that's happening in me, how do I make that known to, you know, you're a, you're a busser at Red Robin. You're going, how do I make it known to my, the wait staff and the bartender and all the other people that I'm, and the people that I'm interacting with every day? How do I make it known to the, the guy at Big O Tires? How do I make it known uh, in, in, to my neighbor who I barely know? I don't make it known in my, in my workplace where I just sit in my little cubby and do my work and I don't really interact with a lot of people and I'm kind of starting to, but how do I make him known in that? You know, there's different people that do it different ways. I was watching game day yesterday. Game day is, is, the, is the, 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 the show before all the college football games start. The, the ESPN has this college game day, and uh, it's basically the view for college fanatics. It's, you know, they just a bunch of guys are, and, and some women are standing up there in front talking about college football and what they think is going to happen that day, and we're all, oh, wow, that's really interesting. So you sit and watch it. Well, they go to different locations, and they went to Penn State this last yesterday, and so, so what happens is they set it all up, and they have all these fans behind it, and they all have their signs, and their signs are how great Penn State is and how bad Michigan is because they were playing Michigan that day, and so they show all these signs. Well, yesterday on game day, they, there was probably five signs that were as big as this, as this screen that all said, Jesus saves on it. And it's all, you know, it's across the back. And I, I looked at that and I thought, okay, that's, some, that's one way. That's one way. You know, when Jesus left us, when he, when he rose from the dead and then he ascended into heaven just before he did, he gave us the great commission to go and to make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you and know that I'm going to be with you always to the ends of the age. That was his great commission. That was his great command. That was his mandate that he gave to all of us to go and to let people know. And for some people, they choose to do it that way with a big old sign. For other people, they do it different way. The way we choose to do it here to the is through relationships. 
And we believe that, it, you know, you can go that, I'm discovering God in my life. I'm, I'm sharing life on life with people. I'm developing relationships. And in that, how can I help but also share this truth that has beaten my heart? And so we choose to share it in relationship. There's lots of different ways to do it. We tend to do it in relationship. But even in relationships, it's difficult. When you think about your roommate, when you think about your classmates, you think about a family member, and you're going, how do I share this truth to my family member that I've known for a long time? How do I share this with them? When it, it, we're coming up on Thanksgiving, Jackie and I, when, when, uh, when we were dating and early on, we were living up in Seattle, we were trading off who got to, who, what, what family you went to Thanksgiving. When I went to the Sylvie's house for Thanksgiving, I had to prepare myself for a couple things. One, they have like 14 brothers and sisters or whatever. Actually, it's like six, but it feels like that. Man, there's a lot of them. And so there's a lot of Sylvie's around now. They're all fantastic cooks. So you're going to eat a ton of food. When you come up to your Thanksgiving table, there's, there, it's all set beautifully. And there's this one salad dish that's sitting there. And it's got some, something orange on it. So it looks really aesthetically pleasing around the table. But when you, I know what it is now. It's tomato aspic. It's sitting there on the table, and I have to prepare to eat this tomato aspic. I don't know if you guys have ever had tomato aspic, but I cannot think of a name of a food that is more appropriate than tomato aspic. I'm sorry if that's inappropriate, but it is, a, it is an appropriate title for a, I mean, you guys, this, this, it, what it is, is it's tomato jello. Tomato jello with celery in it and a dollop of sour cream on the top over a bed of lettuce that looks beautiful on the table, but it's sitting out there for hours beforehand, getting nice and room temperature, starting to just starting to, to, to I don't, decoagulate or whatever it would be. It's just starting to do whatever. The sour cream is full room temperature now. And I know I have to eat it because my mom would be disappointed if I went to the Sylvie house and didn't eat the tomato aspic right there in front of me. I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that right, but I think that's what it is. I think I am. Um, when I'm there, I also have to prepare. and I have to think, okay, how do I share with these guys all that's happening in my life? How do I share with these guys this joy that I've got? How do I share with these guys this, this truth about who Jesus is? How do, I, how, do I, how do I do that? Do I do a little mini sermon? Hey, can we interrupt the conversation? Because I, I have this little sermon. Guys, let me tell you about Jesus. I, I don't know if that's the, the way to do it. We all struggle with how to do this. And there will be times where Jesus is saying, man, you've got to go tell them. Tell them all the things that I've taught you. Walk with them. But he also shares some other ways that we can do this. He did that right before he ascended into heaven. If you rewound, rewound just a little bit to his death and just before his death, just before his death, he gives us something that says, you want to make me known? Here's a way to make me known. We're going to unpack that. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that, that you, um, that you speak to us. And we pray today, Lord, that you would speak to us of something that I don't think any of us are, are very good at and know what to do with. Speak to us about it because this is too good a truth. This is too beautiful. 
for us to just go, I, I don't know what to do, so I won't do anything. God, help us to figure out how we can make you known in this world. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's go right into Jesus' ministry. So in, early on in Jesus' ministry, early on, it's really interesting. At first, he would do things. He would do some miracle or he would do something powerful. And he would tell people, now, don't tell anybody. It's great. He'd say, now, don't tell anybody. I know I just healed you, but don't tell anybody. And then they'd go off and tell somebody. And then he'd come back, now, don't tell anybody. And then they'd tell people. That's the early on. He's going, it's just not, we're not, I'm not ready yet. But then as time went on in his ministry over the three years of his, of his, of his ministry, he, he, was, he started to become far more pointed. He wanted to make sure people were getting it. He's going, all right, are you understanding that when you're talking about God, you're also talking about me? Are you understanding that I'm the son of God? Are you understanding when I'm talking to you about justice and I'm talking to you about love and I'm talking to you about mercy? Are you understanding that we're really talking about me? In fact, at one point, he, he even gives them this, this, this he says, you have, you have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there, but you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me, and here I am standing right b- before you, and you aren't willing to receive from me the life that you say you want. See, he's starting to get more, more pointed. And then in his last year of his ministry, as he's going, okay, now here's what you've got to know. And then you start seeing the last months, you see the last weeks, and then you start to even see the last hours of his ministry. You start to see those hours before it was time for him to be betrayed and beaten and put on the cross. And in those last hours, he had his last moments. He's going, now what am I going to do with these moments? Should I try to gather thousands together so that I could do one more incredible thing? Should I gather them all together and say, you know, oh gosh, you guys just catch on to this. But he he didn't do that. Instead, he did what our God does. He's all about relationships. And he says, man, I'm going to gather my closest. I'm going to gather my 12 closest together. I'm going to put them in a room together and we're going to talk. And I just want to share some time with them. So he pulls these guys together in this big room. And in that room, he's, 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 this is where he's going to give them the bread. He's going to say, now, is my, is my body broken for you? And he's going to give them some wine. He says, this is going to be my blood shed for you. So he's beginning to talk to them more about, this is what's about to happen. Jesus knows it's about to happen. Sends a couple of people ahead of time. They get the room ready. And then the guys come into the room. Now, you guys got to picture this. Try to transport yourself back a couple thousand years and put yourself in this place. These guys walk into this room, 12 of them. They don't know what's happening next, but Jesus fully knows what's happening next. They walk into this room and they see it. It's a table, a short table. They didn't sit in chairs. They reclined at the table. And they're, and they're, and they're, they're set up for the 12 of them and for 13 for Jesus as well. They see the bread and they see the wine there. Maybe they, who knows, maybe they started reminiscing a little bit. Maybe one of them might have seen that, that bread there and just goes, man, I remember. You guys remember when he took less than that amount of bread and we fed 5,000 people with it? Would they come in there and start thinking about that wine and going, do you think that that was really, do you think that was water before this? Because he changed it into wine. I mean, you guys, they've seen so much over these last three years. They come walking in, and the one thing we do know that they did is they started arguing. Of all things, they started arguing. We believe that the reason they were arguing is because back then it was customary that the head of the, of the table or the head of the party sat, and then the person to their right and the person to their left was the most important. 
And so they basically were yelling, shotgun, shotgun, I got to be there. I got to be in that spot. I got to be right next to Jesus. And they're arguing over who's the most important to get to be in that spot. Start pulling out their resumes. John's going, I am most important. Do you see all the things that I've done? Peter's going, are you kidding me? I walked on water. I'm the most important. And John's going, uh, Peter, you, you sunk. You know, it's like, oh yeah, but still, I walked for a couple of steps. I got to be most important. Bartholomew and Thaddeus are over there and they're yelling, I'm most important. You're going, are you kidding me? No one's going to remember you two. And they just, they're arguing over it. Over who's getting to sit at that seat. Jesus is standing there on the side. And you can picture him seeing it all. Jesus knows it all. He knows that Judas is going to betray him. He's looking at his friend. We sometimes forget that. We're looking at his friend, Judas. And he's going, he's going to betray me. And he's looking at Peter and he's going, he's going to deny me. I know he thinks he's not going to. He's going to deny me. In hours, within hours, he's going to deny me. He's looking at all the rest of me and go, they're going to run. They are going to run. They see it, and he's going to see what happens, and they'll all run. He knows that the Garden of Gethsemane is next. He knows that the Roman soldiers are next. And he's standing there with these guys as they're arguing, as they're arguing of all things, as they're arguing over who the best is, and he's just watching them all. What's he going to say? What's he going to say that's going to grab hold of them? That's going to go, gosh, you guys are missing it. What is he going to say? It says in John chapter 13, keep in mind, this is John who was right there writing this. He says, just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. I love it that John says that. He's going, we were arguing, and he was loving us. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon, and Iscariot firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. You could picture John just looking across and seeing Judas going, man, he was all ready. We know what he was going to do. He was ready for the betrayal. And then the Jesus speaks. He, Jesus says that Jesus knew... I love, I love how, why John, that John writes this. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and was on his way back to God. Another translation of this said, Jesus had all authority, all power and all authority were his in that moment. So we sometimes think of Jesus as weak in those final days. Man, he was just the opposite. He had all power, and all authority in this single moment, while these guys are arguing over who's sitting here and who's sitting there, while all this is happening and the betrayal's about to happen, the denial's about to happen, these guys are about to run, all authority was on Jesus in that moment. If you were in that place, what would you do? If you were in that place and you had all power, all power to do whatever you wanted, you could, you could make the Roman soldiers go a different direction. You could, you could find the fastest horse in the land and ride off. You could, or you could stand there with these guys and you just go, you guys, here's what's going to happen and here's what needs to change. 
There's all kinds of things that you could do if you had all power and all authority in this single moment. But here's what he did. He got up from the supper table. He set aside his robe. And he just, and he picked up a towel. He picked up a towel. He poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his towel. He picked up a towel. All authority, all power on this moment, right before he's going to be betrayed and beaten and killed, with one last thing to say, he picked up a towel and he did what the little kids would do when they're sitting in, what, what, the, what was customary back then is when you walked up into a building, there would be a little kid sitting in a, at, the, at the entrance to the building and they'd have a little basin of water there. And it was a little beggar that was begging for pennies and that they would take off your sandals and, you'd, and you'd, you'd, have, you'd dip your feet into this basin, these ugly, gross feet that had been walking through Jerusalem and walking through the mud and walking through, and you would get your feet washed by this little kid asking for pennies. And Jesus is there with his disciples and he picks up a towel. Can you imagine if you were one of the disciples at that point? And how you were just arguing and all of a sudden you just stopped and you're going, what is he doing? He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. What is he doing? Peter actually did that. He said, what are you, what are you doing? If anybody's going to wash anybody's feet, I'm washing yours. You're the king of kings. You are the savior of the world. I am going to wash your feet. Jesus said, no, no, I'm washing your feet. He sat back down. He finished washing their feet and he sat back down. How am I going to share this truth of, who, of what's going on in my life with, 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 with the people around me? He grabbed the towel and washed their feet and sat back down. How in the world will, will my family know what's happened to me when, I was in, when I'm in college and, and, and some changes have happened and, and I'm starting to embrace this? How in the world would I ever make him know? Grabbed a basin of water. Then he bent over and washed their feet. Then he sat back down. And he said, do you understand what I've done to you? I love that. I love that. Because he's there with his friends. He's saying, do you understand what I've just done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That's who I am. And that's good. You, that's good that you address me that way. I am Lord. Another translation, instead of master, it's Lord with a capital L. I am Lord. That's good that you recognize me that way. 
So if I, the master and teacher, teacher, wash your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. I love it that he says pattern because you guys, we are people of patterns. We just go on a, we have a pattern of behavior that we do. My pattern of behavior is I watch football on Saturday and get frustrated at the University of Washington Huskies and we'll get frustrated at University of Colorado or we'll get excited for them or I'll watch, I'll watch Sunday and I'll root on hard for the Broncos and kind of maybe, no, or Seahawks. I'll, I'll do that on Sunday and I'll, we have our pattern in our days, we have our patterns of behavior. And he's going, I have laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. If you don't understand what I'm telling you, act. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it. And not only will those people that you serve, not only will they be blessed, but you too will live a blessed life. Simple definition of blessed, you guys, is you're on the right track. And, and you too will be on the right track when you do this. You guys, look what Jesus did. Look what he did. He was, he was the Lord of lords, the King of kings that deserved, deserved to be treated that way. He deserved for everyone to lay down everything for him. He deserved to be waited on. He deserved to have, to, to, to sit there at that table and for those guys to say, what else can we do for you, Jesus? He deserved that. He deserved to be respected, not denied. He deserved to be honored, not betrayed. He deserved to be worshiped, not argued over. Come on, you moms that are out there, you know what it's like when you come walking in to, to, your, to, the, to your house and, and you've got your kids yelling at each other and you're just going, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to listen to you guys arguing. I deserve more. I deserve better than that. You need to stop arguing because I deserve more. Jesus could have easily come in and done that. He deserved so much more. He had a right to so much more. And instead, what he did is he flipped what he deserved on its head and instead served. He didn't partially do it. He didn't kind of, kind of do it. He flat took what he deserved and turned it on its head and served instead and said, that's what I want you guys to do. What? That's not easy to do. What? He wants us to turn what we deserve, what's our right, and, 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 and say, no, I'm going to serve instead. I started thinking more about this. I've had a lot of time, you guys, to think about this. And I started writing down some different things. We think that it's the younger generation that's the entitled generation. We're all entitled. We are. And we all have our things that we deserve and that we have our right to. I wrote down, I, I earned the right to rest when I get home. After a long day at work, I earned the right to rest. I earned the right to just come home and just go, let me just sit and veg in front of the television for a little while. I'd earned that right. I worked hard today. I've earned the right to have a good service at a restaurant. It's what I'm paying for. And I, just, I earned the right that the, the, the server would come to me and would, would make sure my water is filled at all times. I earned that right. I deserve, I, I started writing down notes while I was doing stuff. So I was working out and I said, I deserve to work out at the gym without hearing someone talk on their cell phone. I deserve that right. I don't want to hear you talking on your cell phone in the treadmill next to me. I, it's my right to just work out right here. 
<laughs> it's a dumb one, but I, it's what come to me, and I'm done. I, I deserve, while I'm working out, to wear a pair of underwear that don't ride up on me. I deserve that right. I'm sorry, but when you're sitting there on a treadmill pulling that down, you're like, come on, Fruit of the Loom. I deserve a, the right to just not have it ride up. I, that's my right. That's odd. <laughs> I deserve to take a break from doing the dishes. If I've done the dishes three straight days, I deserve the fourth day off. I do. And if you don't give me that fourth day off, I'll let you know. I'll let you know by how hard I'm banging those pots and pans together as I'm, as I'm washing them. How that silverware slams into the drawer as I'm emptying the dishwasher. I'll let you know because I deserve a break after three straight days. I deserve to drive down the road and I deserve to not get cut off. I deserved as, as, as I'm merging on that the car would go, I would merge and the car would go. I deserve that. I don't, I don't deserve two people going together and now I'm third. That's not the way it goes. I deserve it. I deserve to hold the remote because I'm the dad. I deserve the last piece of bacon for the same reason. <laughs> I deserve to be rewarded. I went out of my way. I sacrificed. I did things that make me go outside of my comfort zone. I worked harder. I gave up my day off. How many of we said that? I gave up my day off. I had 50 other things I would much rather have done. I deserve to be rewarded with a pat on the back or some sort of compensation. I deserve respect. I've worked hard to get here. I've paid my dues. I deserve the recognition for all I've put into it. I deserve some luxury. God, I've been working for you for 24 years. One year at a country club, is that too hard to ask? I deserve some sort of luxury. You know, we even do this when our, in our prayers. We do this with the Lord too. I deserve to know. How many times have we prayed that? God, I deserve to know. I pray for clarity, for God, for you to make known my next steps, to know that it's going to work or that it's going to be worth it before I ever make that step. God, make it known that this is going to be worth it to do this. I deserve that. You guys, that's the pattern of behavior that we have. That's the pattern of behavior that we have. And it's so hard to break free from that. It is so hard to break free from it. That's this, we... We will go, and that's why we get so angry when, when things don't go right, when the person doesn't let us in. Do you just say, oh, that's no big deal. The person didn't let me in on the road. I just, I just came in behind them. No, we don't. We drive right up next to them, or at least that's what I do. And just look at them. You know, I don't do anything else. Just look at them. Like, really? You just ruined all of what is just. You know, you, you just look at them. We get so frustrated with it all. Because that's our pattern. We get what is rightfully ours. And Jesus said, how about we change that? Jesus says, turn that one on its head. Jesus says, I don't just don't want you to serve out of some, okay, I'm just supposed to serve. I don't want you to serve when it's nice and convenient. I want you to serve even when you have to turn what is rightfully yours and say, no. I'm going to grab a towel. I'm going to grab a towel. Jesus said, this is how I want you to do it. I want you to grab a towel. Because Jesus could have easily walked in and said, I deserve so much more. Instead, he grabbed a towel. Peter wrote, on, wrote about this later on. I love it when you read Peter, when, first and second Peter, because you, when you read it, you get to really see Peter, his perspective. And John, you get to see his perspective on all that time that they spent with Jesus. 
You get to see that. And he said this. I love how he wrote this. He says, most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. I mean, you just can picture Jesus saying that to him. Love each other as your life depends on it. Love makes up for practically anything. He says, be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully, cheerfully, because, man, we're flipping it on its head, and we're going to be blessed as we do it. He says, be generous with the different things God gave you. And I love it that he used the word generous here because that word generous is a form of our service because we look at the things we have, our time, our talent, our treasures. We look at those things and we say, that's ours. And he's going, no, flip that on its head. Turn that around. I deserve it. Oh, no, no, serve. Be generous. You're going to be fulfilled in doing it. You're going you're gonna to... Be blessed in doing it. You're going to be on the right track. You're going to feel something in there. And, and, and he, he says, he says uh, he's passing it around so all I can get on. If, we're, if it's words, if you're going to share words or when you're going to share words, let it be God's words. If it's help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, this is, the, this is the key. This is the key, you guys. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. On course to the end of time, oh yes. God's bright presence will be evident in everything that we do. I mean, look at how he ends those two passages that we just read. Jesus is looking at us, he's going, you're going to be blessed. You're on the right track. You're going to like this when you flip it on its head. And then this last one, and guess what? Jesus is going to be the one glorified. The, the, bright, the light is going to be shining on him. You know why he's going to be glorified? Because this is not normal. Because every bit of normal is to just stay in what we deserve. But when we flip that on its head, people are going, what in the world is that all about? I don't get that. That's what Jim and I have gotten to see around here. When we're talking about BVSD using this building, we're just going, you know what's so great about it is that when we do that, what do we deserve? We deserve them to pay a thousand bucks to use our space. That's what we deserve. And gosh, that would help our new building campaign. You flip it on its head and you just go, man, that's not, we're just going to serve. And what happens is, is the joy that we have when those, when those teachers are in this building, when those administrators are in this building, that those, are, those are our great days in this building. Those are our great days. We just go, man, look at the, the, the fun of seeing those guys do this, knowing that if they had to go rent that from a hotel, it's going to cost them thousands. And, I, and you know that, that school districts don't have a lot of money. And we get to do that. It's so fun. And in the end, God is evident. And they go, what in the world is it about this place? And it's not about us. But God is made known. You will be blessed and God will be made known as we turn it on its head and instead of deserving it, we serve. And you, when you look back and you say, I've earned the right to rest when I get home. And instead you go home and you say, no, I'm going to listen. That's grabbing a towel. I deserve a break from doing the dishes. When you stop and you say, no, I'm going to do it again. And when I do, I'm going to get to see, I get to sit back and maybe I'll stop while I'm doing it and watch my, my wife and my daughter's interaction with each other. Man, that's grabbing a towel. 
your Thanksgiving dinner? You're scraping all the tomato stuff off? <laughs> and you're doing those? That's grabbing a towel. That's making him known. When you feel like you need to be rewarded for all the work that you've done and the day off that you spent gathering pumpkins outside for the entryway, it's grabbing a towel. When you think you deserve respect and you stand there and you see your co-pastor in front of a council of people and you go, I want to be up there too. And God's saying to you, grab a towel. Grab a towel and just keep serving. It shines a light on God and we're on the right track. Mark said to us, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He's saying, now you guys go do that as well. You want to make him known? Grab a towel. Father, I pray that you would help us in our pattern of behavior that is so, so uh, about what we deserve. It's just what we've done. It's, it's, our, it's our right. If anybody had rights, it would have been your son. And yet he grabbed a towel. Help us, Lord, in those moments that we are the most stubborn, that we're the most us, the most saying, no, not this time, not this time. I pray, Lord, that in those moments you'd help us to remember what your son has shown us in, those, in, in what would become the darkest hours that he showed us in that room, in that moment, grab a towel. And Lord, may our marriages be blessed because of it. May our relationships be blessed because of it. May our interaction with our roommates and our classmates and our teachers be blessed because of it. And Lord, more than anything, may you be seen because of it. And that you would be known because of it. Help us to recognize those places to grab the towel. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Because of your